1: Georgie, I'm going to ask you a hard question now. What is the little thing in life that gives you the most joy?
2: Oh, you're putting me on the spot. Tough one. Uh, I'd probably say buying bags and shoes and diamonds, but I'm not sure that's the right answer. is it? I think the right answer is probably my husband and my children. My husband and my children. Good answer. What about you? um i think it's cooking a meal for friends oh i
1: know uh, it's, it's actually kate spade new york who made me think of it um they are the brand that we love here at sheer and they're on a mission to spark little moments of joy in everyone's lives from giving a gift to just telling someone how much you love them they want to create a happiness chain reaction
2: love that go kate spade so what was the most recent thing you've done to give joy to someone else
1: I like to keep the fashion desk well stocked with snacks. I'm a, I'm a chocolate enabler at the fashion desk.
2: What about you? Oh, I mean, you are putting me on spot. Do you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say the likes Duvet Day. We shut the company and gave everyone a day off. No broadcasting, no nothing, no social, no nothing.
1: That sparked a lot of joy for me as well. You I know? felt
2: like it did. Good. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. It felt pretty good. I mean, I got a duvet day myself, but I definitely felt like I got to spread a little joy amongst other people too. And actually, all joking aside, to be honest, Kate Spade's new collection itself really does spark joy for me. And I would like to find someone who can't look at the collection and find some happiness from gorgeous gingham to pretty florals to raffia accessories. It's really full of happy, summery pieces for the season ahead. And if there's ever a time that we need happiness and joy in our lives, it's right now. So... True. Actually, just
1: looking at their new ones online makes me happy. Uh, To find out more, head to katespade.co.uk to discover their new summer collection full of pieces that we promise will make you smile and bring you joy. And keep listening for more inspo for creating those small moments of happiness in your life.
2: Hello, I'm Georgie Courage-Cole and welcome to this Sheer Luxe in Conversation podcast. This week, I'm joined by my co-host, Charlotte Collins, and journalist, writer, and broadcaster, Pandora Sykes. You'll undoubtedly know Pandora if not from her time as fashion features editor at the Sunday Times Style, then for her immensely popular podcast, The Hido. She's also the author of a collection of essays, How Do We Know We're Doing It Right, and the host of The Missing Podcast too. We're thrilled that she's joined us today for the second in our podcast series in partnership with Kate Spade, all about sparking joy. Pandora, Charlotte, welcome. How lovely to have you with us, Pandora. Um, We have been looking forward to this very much indeed. How are you on this sunny summer's day? I'm feeling really joyful today because...
3: I think you can't not when it's this sunny. I it's good, isn't it? And it's made I read something today from someone saying that the pandemic had fooled us into thinking that London was a bit rubbish, mm. but now the sun's back, we've remembered why we love it. So true.
2: Let's start with London. We're all in London. Yes, we are, But I I'm not going to move out of London. Yeah. I'm one of few that really plans to stay here yeah. forever. Charlotte, I know is I like get heart palpitations if I leave the M25. She, she can do the Cotswolds, but I mean only to Soho House. That's kind of about it. And Pandora, you were nodding when I said staying in London. Is that your plan? To stay in London.
3: I think it's so impossible to predict how I might feel in ten years. Yeah, but my plan is definitely to stay in London, just because I think there isn't really much point moving out of London if you're both going to be commuting in for your job. I can do a lot from home, but I still think I would be coming into London a lot. I, I don't want to move somewhere to then be spending all my time commuting. And also, if you like going out to eat and going to... My husband yes. always kind of posits it. And I'm like, but where would we eat? Like, I yeah. don't understand
1: where.
2: You know there's no delivery there. Like, yes. it's not the same. A friend came around to my house last night who started at school with my son. Next time. And she said they were thinking about moving out of London. And she said... Where do you go for lunch? Is that <laughs> quite... just a day I'm like, Where do you go for lunch? Well, I mean, you can go to the pub, but the food's not great. Yeah. She's like, right, well, that's it. We're staying uh, We can't go to the, <doing> the Ribby Cafe for lunch. I don't want to come. So what are your favourite things to do here, Padora? So I could probably take or leave going out for food too much
3: because I am really happy just going to the pub. But what I love is knowing that everything's at my fingertips like I can be anywhere and actually my friends live all over London it's not even that I don't want to leave because you know everyone's within 10 minutes I live in north London and or northwest London and my two best friends live in Dulwich so I'm used to kind of going the whole of London but that's what I love there's always pockets you can discover favorite thing to do depends if I'm with the kids if I'm with the children then it will be outdoor based it will be around the park Give me, give me a good. I I need fresh. I need some (laughs) fresh ones. Oh, there are so many wonderful ones that I feel like I've been to in the last year. I love Regent's Park. So even when the zoo was shut, you could still see the animals from the park. It's called the Free London Zoo Walk or something. You
1: Is could, it? Uh, yeah, you could, you oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't even really know news. we were doing an oh, yeah. official unofficial or an unofficial <laughs> official. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's her side
3: hustle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: it's my walk. It's my I wondered <laughs> how you just bought all those new shoes. <laughs> it's Hyde the giraffes.
3: Park as well. <laughs> it's lovely. Clissold Park's
2: lovely. Ooh, ooh. Never heard of that Where's one. Crystal Park is Islington. Maybe it okay. counts more as Arsenal. It's really lovely. I've I mean, only great. Mean to keep the Christmas lights, mm. and I always think I should go there more. From knocked <laughs> down, we snuck. Really naughty, we snuck to Hampstead. Yeah, so remember, you drove past. Oh, Hampstead Heath. Yeah. We, we snuck up there. Mm. We weren't really allowed out of our borough, but we were quite near the end of. Being allowed out of our boroughs, so maybe, maybe I won't get Are too you much saying it. You say that Wandsworth is near Hampstead.
1: Is that what you're claiming? <laughs> well, it's in London. Anyway,
2: we were desperate, Charlotte. You know, three children, we out and we were desperate. And um, we'd done our own park spot too many times, so we snuck up to Hampstead, and it was so mm. nice. Yeah, we're so lucky in London. So many green spaces, aren't we?
3: So many green spaces. If I had a whole day to myself, it would be going to lots of little independent bookshops. I also, I'm a basic bitch without still, the children. Without the children, <laughs> although quite nice. If I'm with them, then they can choose a book. But yes, they're one and three, so not quite at the browsing stage yet. <laughs> but yeah, I love Soho. I went out for dinner there a couple of weeks ago, and it felt like it was when you were still, you know, everyone was outside. It felt like we were abroad. Oh my God, it I It's the so best feeling ever. It's like
2: being on the continent, and I really hope it stays. You know, I walked down Portobello on
1: Sunday, again, when the weather had just got gorgeous, and like with all the market smells and ever and like life there again, oh my everything god, opened god, up. Market. Oh my god! It literally god, it felt sad. it was so heavy. It felt so European. And then I get a bit sad though because I think are all the things that I like about London in the sunshine things that I'm just comparing to holiday. Do you know what I mean? Like I might just think, oh, that reminds me of this. That reminds me of this. But like, no, I think, I, I'd want to try and enjoy London for what London is in the sunshine. Well, I,
3: I think you can enjoy it and mm-hmm. have a holiday in your own town. You London can. can have holiday feelings. Yeah, that's what I mean. But it, I think I'm enjoying it because I'm like, oh, I feel like well,
1: I'm on holiday. Well, you just
2: holidayed. So, you had Charlotte had a week off last week. And you just holidayed in the UK, which yes. I know is new for you, Charlotte. Yes. But. You had a really nice time. We had a lovely <laughs> time. The weather does help. But
1: just actually having a week... Not on your emails makes a massive difference. I don't really think it matter's where you go. Actually, that's what I learned. That it's not about being abroad. It's about just having oh yeah, a I love UK okay,
3: holiday. Yeah,
2: yeah. I yeah. also yeah. love a holiday at home. Or I did before lockdown. Like that's why I've always loved the Christmas break because you're actually at home. Me mm. too. And you're not running around. You know, normally you have a break and you pack and you go somewhere and it's just yeah. stressful and we shout a lot basically. <laughs> and I don't know to be at home and get mm. up and but we got home on when was it Monday. And so I was like, can we just do nothing today? And we had breakfast and my little girl and I got back into my bed and oh. my husband's like, make the bed in the morning, don't get back into bed. He doesn't like the children in <laughs> the bed in the day, like real. And I was like, I'm sorry, but it's back holiday Monday and Mimi and I are getting back into bed. We're going to put Mimi on. And it was just such a, like little things like that really yeah, make you totally happy. Yeah, totally agree. You know? What other things make you happy
3: about London? So yes, lots of bookshops. Portobello, which you just mentioned. I'm a big fan of vintage shopping and Portobello Market is one of the best places. And I've definitely found some of my favourite vintage things from there. I found a camel mm. wool Gucci blazer about five years ago for 60 quid, which is wow. just like the most perfect But you're, that,
2: you see people like you, I interviewed Laura really the other day and she said the same thing. I was like, I didn't find those sorts of things. <laughs> I think it's like a mindset if you really are
3: committed to trying to find the vintage version of stuff then there is you know there's some deprivation there because i'll see something i love and i only allow myself to buy it if i can't find the vintage version Mm. so you know you have to sit on your hands a bit Mm. although i do a lot of really good vintage shopping online which is what she said yeah
2: yeah i think i've maybe tried once didn't find the uh, vintage gucci (laughs) blazer. good things come to those people like patient people you, casual, <laughs> which I've got a feeling you are and I'm not I'm patient with some things
3: I'm really I mean my husband would laugh hearing you say that I'm very impatient about other things but um yes with vintage shopping I can definitely play the long game it's probably quite addictive isn't it if you know that you can that the hunt is oh, there and you can find that vintage alternative best. I'm out all day in this evening without going home and I was so worried that I would really sweat today that I've got a dress in my bag in case and deodorant in case I need to change so, at the end of this podcast, I will show you one of my recent vintage finds. Which, oh, is, which I've been looking for June. in my head for 10 years. For the benefit of the listeners, what is it? It's a yellow summer dress. I feel like it's got quite early noughties Kate Moss vibes, which will forever be my summer pinup. Is, we it, talk it, about... is, it, is it a slip? No. No, it's not a slip. I mean, it's just there, but I, I don't oh know my God, if I'm allowed to leave the microphone. Go on,
2: she's going to go and get it. We're going to let her leave her chair. That's oh, a bit pretty. Up. Oh, it's really. Really pretty. So what joyful things do you have planned today? I'm actually
3: going to have my hair done after oh, I do this, joyful. which is really nice. I haven't I don't think I've had a day off this year, pretty much. So I yeah, I've got the rest of today off to because yourself. I just filed yes oh. I just filed a script. I've got that interim period before I have any notes on it.
2: So, so a script nice. for what? So it's a documentary for Radio 4. Oh that's cool. uh, can you tell us anything about it? I actually don't know if I
3: can, which no. is so... that was a no, no,
2: I quite understand. I thought I'd try my luck, you never know. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you after. Could you tell us why you get your hair done instead? <laughs> I get my
3: hair done at Hersherson's. Yes, do you? Which is the best.
2: Anyway, yeah, That's pretty good
3: to me. Do you think? Yes. You right. have me complete... coloured. Yeah, but not,
2: not bad roots. So I think I might roots. try that thing
3: where you get Let's You do, do it. it.
1: I no longer have to get it done regularly at all. Because Haven't I've you stopped. Done? Well, I don't go often enough. Maybe three times a year? Every four I hate. months? Also, I hate having my hair. I mean, it's
3: good with dark hair. It's such a waste of time.
1: Time! Yeah, I, such know. I mean, hours and hours. But if you, you don't have to do it as frequently if you don't get your
2: roots done. It yeah, yeah, makes I've a big difference. I give yeah. up. I don't do it. If you, you don't know. need it. Well, I know I used to be blonder. I've now given up because like, I cannot bear. You're pretty blonde. Very, <laughs> well, like, very blonde. I'd yeah. like, I'm coming back albino next night. <laughs> like really white. So you've got to do to yourself. How lovely. Can you tell us what other plans you have the summer for travel we know you're big into travel and you love your travel obviously you won't have done much recently what are you hoping to do this summer I feel like I've slowly been traveling less actually
3: over the last five or six years I definitely in my mid-twenties go away loads I think now I suppose when everyone's looking at travel having had a year of not having it and also knowing about big old carbon problem
0: Mm.
3: my thing now is it would be lovely to be able to go abroad once a year, but I'm very happy doing lots in London. So this summer, playing it by ear in terms of whether or not we go abroad,
2: but definitely planning some seaside trips so two questions number one where abroad makes you the happiest if you've got that one holiday is it for you is it about going somewhere new and it's going to be Charlotte I know you're quite a creature of habit we've always tried to do both like the habit places and the new places but yes yeah I mean that's now the habit habit is both, it, isn't
3: it? Yeah. I used to be very much like new places mm. and actually as I get older maybe this is just inevitable as you get older and especially with the children like since I have my daughter we've gone back to the same place in Cornwall and I now want to carry on doing Mm. that Mm. and we always go and see my parents who have a cottage in North Norfolk and I'd love her to do that every summer because I want her to start recognizing places and i don't really mind if those aren't abroad places because as anyone with children knows it is so much more expensive and so much more of a hassle to go abroad with kids so <laughs> i'm kind of thinking that whilst i would love them to be doing wonderful safaris and stuff every year it's quite a lofty ambition they also so do they remember also it at that age do they like take them when they still so i think remember. it might be like me and my husband that yeah. do the abroady bit the i think instant- that's
2: a great. That, I mean, the plane thing. If you've got all the time and money the in the world, thing. then I, then I, yeah. then I get it. And they, they could have a nanny each. I mean, <laughs> practically <laughs> you can even fly Set I mean, that, that would, would be lovely. Lost. But that does not happen to us. I, I mean, we had a moment where we left my son's bunny rabbit at one end of Dubai airport as we were. Boarding the plane and the other. I mean, if you've been to Dubai Airport, it's about three miles long. I mean, things no, like that. they but also leaving Bunny anywhere. Bunny, oh, did, Bunny did, come back though. Yeah, Bunny, you made it back. Bunny made it back. Mm. Yeah, a week like later. We but not and on the. Next, what did you do on the plane? We didn't have Bunny. I was getting on the plane, calling my son oh. the tanking, and um, um, uh, we've lost the Nemo right with the iPad. And Bunny, please can you get onto Lost Property right now? Anyway, he did make it home five days later. So, but you know, things like that happened to us. Or you nearly mm. miss flights. It's very stressful. Yeah. I'm with you. I think North Norfolk is one of the loveliest places. Actually, for my yes. family, it brings us the most joy. We quite often go near Brankester or to Brankester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the worst place to get to Norfolk because it's not very far. But when you come off the motorway, you're on an A road. That is just one road, one lane. And if there's a tractor in front of you or something. But he always says he comes off the motorway and his shoulders drop. And he just feels like mm. instantly... Not stressed about anything it's a really it is a really happy place isn't it it's a really happy place and also
3: it's where my grandfather lived so I've been going since I was tiny and uh my uncle has a house there my brother and his wife have a cottage there so it's very nostalgic oh, for us but then I also quite like that where we go in Cornwall i would never been before a couple of years ago, we don't have any family there. And I feel like we're making new family traditions, which yeah. I love the feeling of. So we
2: are the other way around. My family, my mum started going to Cornwall, went to Harlem Bay. You know where the pig is now? When she was 12. No, there's a new pig in Cornwall. There's a new pig my grandparents bought. I mean, it's a bungalow with just about running water. I'm not being deep, by the way. Like It's mm-hmm. quite basic. It's been in my family since my mum was 12. Mm-hmm in the days when it wasn't very sophisticated around there. But that's where I grew up, where all my family, all my cousins... But my husband and I went separately mm. to Frankfurt because we were kind of like, we want to start our own family mm. So mm. Is it... It's cl-
1: closer anyway, right? No. Yes.
2: Yeah. yes. Yes! Yes, but yes, the traffic. I live in South is getting across, mm. yeah, it's getting out. us because
3: oh. we have to stop a few times with the... Two little ones. It takes us eight hours to get to Cornwall. Oh.
2: When I was a child, and we used to go to Cornwall. And my, I mean, my mum said when she was younger, they used to break up the journey with stopping for two nights on the way. Oh how far Cornwall was then? I mean, it bit. is great to stop. And for we the used to here. stop for the night. Then you oh. lose
3: a lot of the, the time. Yeah. I agree. I think it would be really lovely to stop for a night en route, and definitely just do four hours each day. With the children.
2: But you can I mean, do, do it in right four it. hours straight. from can- no, 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 not get because, to Cornwall in four because, fair, hours. I mean, it's six hours. Yeah. Sorry. You absolutely can get to Cornwall. No. We're not going to fall out.
3: You <laughs> Okay. Well, can. from where I'm coming from to where I'm going, okay. let's settle it with that. Cornwall <laughs> Col- you know a big yeah. place. I'm, I'm going to send yeah, you a more. screenshot of, <laughs> okay. of ways.
2: I'm also not leaving London at five o'clock on Friday Bank Holiday, by the way. Just putting that one out. There. No, 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 no. Yeah, we, we went to Solvem a few <laughs> weeks ago. and That was a full We'd four hours. Yeah, it was lovely. Yeah, it but...
1: can... No, no, no. So therefore, but can take four
2: hours if there's a tree on the motorway and you know. Anyway.
1: We'll agree to say. I've never been to a hall. I'm really I'm I'm quite an
2: anxious traffic person. Mm. So basically by about two o'clock on a Sunday, if I'm out of London, I am like know, it's time to go. I mean, it's time to go. It's horrible, that
3: feeling on a Sunday, isn't it? I get the worst Sunday Mm. jitters. And Sunday blues, actually, which is why bank holidays are so nice. Do you still get Sunday blues as a freelancer? I think it's like buried into Mm. my epidermis. (laughs) I will (laughs) never ever rid of it. Do you have
2: anything you can do to... Combat, there's oh, so
3: many things. So um, I try tactic? not to make plans on a Sunday after lunchtime so I can just kind of gently zen. I try not to put in anything big on a Monday, like any big meetings, any deadlines. It hasn't worked recently, but I've noticed it really affects because I get insomnia. So it really affects whether or not I sleep. If I know that Monday is my reading, research, replying to emails, admin invoicing day then it means I don't dread it because I'm quite geeky and I lo- love clearing my inbox and doing invoices and stuff. Collecting
2: money. Yeah, <laughs> collecting
3: money. Um, and I never seem to have time to do all of that. That's the problem with being a freelancer is mm-hmm. I never factor in that time. Mm-hmm. So then that's when I end up doing it on weekends and evenings and stuff. So that is kind of my way of trying to minimize the fear because yeah, it's so interesting because I get Sunday scaries but I have like the complete opposite you have to method. fill it with stuff have to fill it
1: because I have to have something to look forward to on the Sunday evening so it's still kind of part of the weekend otherwise oh, no, I get I home at, robbing
2: like, yourself. And I get eyes. home at like
3: three on a Sunday and then yeah. I'm like well, it's the week now
1: yeah Do you my, know
2: what I mean? mine is that I know yeah. yeah mine is
3: the opposite way in that I don't want there to be any expectation yeah. of me yeah. Um, so because my anxiety, it tends to be kind of like social anxiety. So it would be like, am I on good form? So if I then okay. don't plan anything where I have to interact with people beyond my immediate family. Okay.
2: My husband and I don't really communicate in the week. We are like shit. Oh,
3: I have. I don't think we've spoken since 2019. No. That's a like, dream. Oh, it's a humanly. Sorry. Good. Sorry. Good. Amazing. And my what husband doesn't... needs no communication at all to feel very content. I think he thinks that this is the perfect marriage. We're very lucky. That must children a children's thing, because I've spoken to my husband far too much. <laughs> I, think <laughs> it is a cho- I think it is a children's <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah, because we speak to the children, definitely. <laughs> and then you
2: run out, you're empty. <laughs> but we don't get so many nights together in the week because of work. And someone said, mm. Do you, where do you and your husband sit and watch TV? We plan it all the time. It never happens. Last night we went upset. he was like, Should we watch something before we go to sleep? And I was like, Great. And then an uh, hour and a half later we're still sitting out our laptops smoking I was like, Oh, that went well, <laughs> didn't <laughs> it? Uh another success. But yeah, I do think Sunday night trying to do something with them mm. is quite nice because it's yeah, one night Yeah, I do night, I do, I do tend to watch not pulled by
3: work. We do yeah. tend to watch. I don't watch that much telly in the week, I agree, because like you either I'm working or I'm out maybe I don't know let's let's see I guess I'm going to be out <laughs> so sunday night definitely would be telly maybe a takeaway mm. although my husband has banned and deleted the domino's app because we started to feel like we had poisoning from domino's oh, nice. mm. yeah I,
2: I was like I the domino's hangover as a is, domino's
3: regular I am. I have well, Domino's Domino's.
1: girl. <laughs> I haven't had a Domino's, I think. I know I have one <laughs> on my hand, and then I think not since uni, but fuck, I think about it a lot.
3: I love kind of junk food. Mm. I am, however, really realizing, especially as I get older, that it doesn't make me yeah.
2: feel great. Oh, it's, I love Don't get me wrong. Like I always say in another life, I'm going to come back and just really indulge. Let myself go. But I'm quite vain. But God, I mean, give me a soft craft so I wouldn't turn it down. I'm with you. So what food gives you the most joy, oh, other than Domino's? <laughs> In the moment,
3: things like Krispy Kremes give me great joy, but then actually I don't feel fantastic mm-hmm. afterwards. So at the grand old age of 34, I am discovering that salads can be tasty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love sushi. I just, I dream yeah, of you. sashimi all the time. Any kind of pan-Asian food, anything wagamummery, dim oh, Matthew, I'm hungover.
2: I kind of try and be healthy because otherwise it's actually sushi. Loading. I think it's the salt. Yeah. It yeah, is the salt. I'm with you. I'd have, I'd have sushi every day of the week. It's the salt. And also I don't want the self loathing that comes with being hungover and having eaten shit. To me, it's just not worth it. So I try and be a bit more strict. But waggers is just one of life. <laughs> waggers, ultimate. And also Mexican food. I love yeah. Mexican food. Mexican and waggers yeah. and sushi. I God, I now want sushi for lunch. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about? We always talk on our podcast about people watching and reading. Yes, definitely. Um, can. Now, Charlotte and I, our tanks are empty. I'm trying to read Freaking Whites on Rich's recommendation. They've updated it. Okay. Rich oh, told okay. me some fact about how if you call your daughter, no offense, Charlotte, she's going to be like this. And if you call her, Pandora mm. or Coco or whatever. Mm. They think it can be that determinative. Yeah, well, well this, so, this is Rich. This, this is this him, is not him. me. And I'm two chapters in. haven't got to that chapter yet.
3: I like unusual names. I'm not a fan of like really ridiculous yeah. names. I don't think if you give your child a ridiculous name, they're somehow going to be more special. In fact, I wonder if it's now going to have like the opposite yeah. effect. Because there are so many
2: more Could kooky names you? out there. Than My these. father wanted to call me Anushka uh, after Anishka Hempel... Who was a model in the 60s and yeah, 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 oh, yeah. He's, and my mother was like, absolutely not, because she could be bargly and it, stupid. I think it sure. is. And not that, it's not that
3: out there. Well, it's, not it's not that weird. Made it made it. My, my mean, parents 1980... had some much weirder names than Pandora on their
2: list, which is yeah. quite weird. I mean, my actually, mother I think lost... Pandora's weird. It's quite so, weird. I mean, it's, when it's I was unusual. Going, well, it's, I, it's probably go go less unusual now, actually. In 1980, I don't. What? Are you at the in 1980? I was. In 1986, or wherever. Whenever you were born, I wouldn't say there were tons of Pandoras. No, I in
3: never there. met any, but I hear of more now, actually. It's exactly. a yeah. um, great name, which I don't like. At all. Hadebe. I've
2: I, I yeah. wanted... My children are called Coco, Otto, and Mimi. And I wanted to call Mimi Echo. And... Or
1: Wolf if she was a boy. I yeah. know that. Oh, I
2: Wolf's know. very sweet. But I my like husband. animal names. Yeah, I, I do too. My dog's called Mouse. And I want to call my next dog Cat. But anyway, actually, I could <laughs> go on. But anyway, I really, really wanted to call Mimi Echo. My husband was like, You.
3: Yeah, I think Echo. I know an Echo. Thank you, Pandora! I know the of
2: person. an Echo. Yeah.
3: That sounds weird in case the person whose mother it is his, I know of her. <laughs> I have not met really her know. without your knowledge. You're Sorry. the
2: first person who hasn't knocked me out of town and said
3: that. I- I've heard that that's a real name. I think you should never share your baby names before you have them because then you get unsolicited opinions. Also, yeah, which I, 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 I did. I'd agree with you. i should not sure. at someone's name probably not even in private actually in my head i might think that's a psychotic name
2: so reading and watching back to reading (laughs) and watching uh what do you can you inspire everybody with i mean you are the person that reads like every day over watching the tv i do read a
3: lot i don't have much else to my name apart from reading i have actually been watching quite a lot of telly recently because there's been some really good things on mm -hmm. particularly on sky loved mayor of east town I feel like the only per- are you not watching it? Because
2: I feel like the only
3: person not watching it. Yeah, it's really good. Doesn't want to subscribe
2: to Sky. I don't think Sky
3: is it. essential the bulk of the time, but it means that every so often you miss out on a real
2: nightmare.
3: And
1: also your everyone honor with, with Brian Bryan Cranston. And yes. yes. what was the Hugh Grant one? All and the really really
3: annoying.
2: Ending. Hang on, can we go back? Oh, to the film, which no. also New had a really annoying ending, ending. Had a really annoying with ending. Nicole Kim and that ended
1: what, like January? And like, even last week, I said to my husband, oh, do do you when we put all that time and effort into that show, and then it just had the worst is that ending is ever. That's how yes. I
3: feel. That's how I felt about Line of Duty. This is the problem with mm. box sets: is sometimes like. It's a sin. Mm. I think, oh my God, I'm so glad I watched that. I am. Me Life too. is better. The world is better. What art will create. I was, filled, mm. even though it was really sad, I was filled up on its brilliance. Yeah. Mm. Sometimes I get to the end of a box set and I think, you have taken so much of me. Yes. Because they rule you in, rule you in, and then they just like
2: drop you with a towel That's why in. I love it. When you get something like the loudest voice. Oh my God. Russell Crowe, and Miller, about the guy that solids uh, Fox, Fox News. Oh, Roger Arles. Oh. 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 Yeah, Roger Arles. What's that on? Oh, oh my god. Well I love I love will, watching Sienna anime. What's you will that not on? Be robbed. She is so bloody good in it. I can't tell you. Prime. 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 Okay. Prime. okay. Loudest voice. Fuck oh, it. Check it
3: out. out. I'm on a no telly time. I think now. you should make an exception for this. I will when Telly Time comes back. Okay. How, how
2: long does is... no telly time last for? Just in, in, until it starts raining Oh, Oh, so okay. okay. well. I, I love that because it was eight hours and I knew but when you start something, you're like, whoa. I mean, even Shits Creek, which mm. I know you love. I love that, but I did, I did have to bow out because there was so much to get
3: through. I had to do the same
1: we with We bowed out. Agent. My husband said,
2: I don't think I'm worried to give another 20 hours of my life to this show. But
1: that's the kind of... When you can I, that up whenever... Exactly. It's, back, it's all the background noise. Exactly. Oh,
3: Friends, no. the reunion. I love yes, that. I loved sat that. there. None of my siblings could believe it. They were like, I didn't know you were such a massive fan. I said, neither did I. But it made me really nostalgic. So I remember watching the finale with all of my friends when I was in sixth form but I was literally watching
2: it like a child it made me so happy I'm with you and actually I was not that obsessive friends person we watched it at school every week it was like so exciting to watch it and I went for the Rachel haircut and But I didn't, I found it quite canned. I find it's so funny how popular that haircut was because it's so hard to
3: pull off. Mm. Yeah,
2: it it involves a very round (laughs) brush. A very
3: round brush. (laughs) Well, my husband is a massive Friends fan. He still watches it almost every night when he's cooking. It's his therapy. But he didn't want to watch Friends Reunion. He found it quite depressing. That's how I feel about Frasier.
1: It's hard to explain that, that complicated relationship with Friends where, like, I know every episode and I know it so well.
2: But I wouldn't say I love it.
1: It's just—it's just permanent, you know. It's, it's, it's woven, woven into, into like the fabric, fabric of, of our lives. But it? also, I
2: think just from the reunion, which got me, was what they achieved was just so phenomenal, and and it was so new, and it was six unknowns, and they were told, you know, and it was—it was really interesting. A, how amazing was it that they all got on because all those reunions yes. of sex in the city
3: and, you know... And they, the said, didn't not they genuinely did. But they did, obviously yeah. did. But what I loved as well is normally when you have those reunions, it's dominated by women because they're better talkers, mm. I tend to think. And that was almost all David Schwimmer and Matt LeBlanc. Mm. They and were and they were did. so
2: and they were well, wonderful. Yeah, I what's loved him. To, what's happened to oh, them. Well, to John? He does
3: I not don't look know. 100 does he? I haven't read them, but I did see headlines suggesting that he
2: wasn't that well. But I did think, wow, like credit to them. You think what they were earning per episode mm-hmm. and it was just it like was a million, such a million wasn't it it yeah. was mad. They it
1: had, was mad. But, but now you know like the Big Bang Theory all those those big shows now they the take big more than that Big Bang yeah, Theory yeah, no, I
3: can't even talk about how bad it is I can not talk about how bad it is and mm. how much although Kaley Cuoco who's on mm. Big Bang Theory did another incredible show mm. which I believe was also on Sky that airplane one The Flight Attendant mm, I didn't watch that, that was really was it good. is it about plane
1: crashes well, no no
3: no no I agree okay after what's that live do you remember that film that came out in the 90s mm live no. no. uh it's where a plane crashes and then s- they have to eat some of the people Oh it's like yes i'm the youngest of four and i was never allowed into the telly room when these films were on but i'd like burrow my way in and i should not have burrowed in that day because it's what it's, <laughs> it's i hate flying
2: you. i hate flying yeah it's really annoying. there's a uh, film that came out in the 90s called snakes on a plane yeah i have two phobias obviously life. i know about snakes, snakes, snakes on a plane snakes and planes i was like on is- air. Con- oh my God! Your dick jumps out of your pants. You jump out of pants. It is an incredible film. It but is ooh. the best film. I have ever seen it. air how no. this podcast is! No, o- I think- o- o- <laughs> <week. Efforts. laughs> other than rewatching Connor TV, can I quickly ask you, Your Honour? I've only done one and a half. Do mm. I? Do I persevere? Uh, ooh, i bother. No. okay. okay. Don't bother around. So can we go to books? Can you share three books? Joyful books, maybe. If that's joyful.
1: Books. Well, or books that have brought you joy. I guess that's different to books. We had, that had this conversation.
2: Joyful. We had this conversation with Vic Cope saying that Charlotte believes a book can't be joyful and like highly acclaimed. It like it is a good book to are happy. It needs yeah, to rip I'm your totally heart honest, out. And I stamp actually on don't it know and... if I've got
3: any joyful. Oh, actually, Early Morning Riser by Catherine Heaney. That is a joyful book. So she wrote Standard Deviation, which came out about five years ago and was very acclaimed. She's written a bunch of others. She's written my favorite ever short story collection called Single, Carefree, Mellow. She's got a new one out called Early Morning Riser. And literally everyone I've spoken to has read it, has just gone, oh my God, and sort of clutched their heart. It's very tender, sweet, kooky. Like it's a bit weird, uh, all of her characters. She writes about love. In the everyday, in such a beautifully boosting way, and it kind of really changes the way I look at the world. So that is a joyful book. Aww. The others that I'd love, my favourite type of book, and I use this description way too much, are books that are heartbreaking but hopeful. And I've read a lot of heartbreaking but hopeful books this that. year. Yeah, I love like, that. Can
2: you? Yeah. yeah. Uh, What
3: It Feels Like for a Girl by Paris Lees is amazing. So that's a memoir by... So Paris Lees is a journalist and activist and now author, amazing author. And she grew up in Nottinghamshire. It's a memoir, but he is given a different name. So it's about a boy called Byron who's growing up in Nottingham with an abusive dad and an absent mother at the turn of the millennium and Byron is queer and he kind of seeks solace from his homophobic working-class town of Hutnell in drag culture of the time and kind of ecstasy and Madonna and he has a very I mean it's a shocking book he is a rent boy as a teenager and something awful happens which is kind of the crux of the book and that's where the hopeful part comes from so this was about 20 years ago and Paris is now a woman living in London and it's just the most evocative I am emailing any producer I know telling them that they should buy it because it would just look so incredible on screen because it's just full of kind of bright lights and hope but there's also kind of this devastating darkness there's an underbelly to it yeah Um, yeah
2: yeah, that makes perfect sense that that's an amazing book yeah wow sounds Sounds incredible you sold it to me that's good um (laughs) Can we talk about your ability to turn your phone off? Yeah, that does bring joy. It makes me almost a bit giddy to think of how liberating that must be. God, that would just be the freedom you must feel. How do you do it? Do you really do it? (laughs) And how long do you do it
3: for? I mean, it totally depends. If I'm at my parents' house, I'll often have it off for the whole weekend because I'm with my mum, my husband and my sisters and they're the only people that have to be able to with <laughs> uh, your to emergency contacts yeah, yeah with my emergency contacts I, I've been working a lot in the evenings this year but normally I would try and turn it off when my kids go to bed some people see like having your phone off a lot as like a moral you know thing of sort of like trying to set yourself apart from the modern world and you know these are where my priorities like it's honestly just that I just love the feeling of nothing kind of coming at me
2: well, nothing distracts me from maybe yeah, what you had man, I mean, the amount of times I give right, tonight I'm going to watch this, or I'm going to read this, or I'm going to have it. And then I'm like, an hour and a half later, I'm like, what the fuck have mm. I just done with my... I just, I just believe in the phone. your phone being a tool, which is why I don't have
3: social media apps on my phone a lot. I'm trying to have like a more relaxed relationship with kind of productivity and efficiency. Mm-hmm. So it's not about like achieving all the time. It's more about being purposeful about what's encroaching on my time so if I'm choosing to be on my phone and whatsapp and look at instagram and stuff rather than it just being a running kind of soundtrack background Mm. to my day and I actually think it makes me a better communicator Mm. not being on it all the time because you know those people when you think it's so weird that I haven't
2: heard back from you a week when I've never seen you Mm. not on your phone but you also need to retrain your friends and your community or whoever it is that this is how you work Mm. I also panic With my children all at school that I'm going to miss. I got a mum the other day, sent me a finger pointing up emoji to a WhatsApp group. Oh, sassy. Hi, um, could you reply to this message? Can bleep child make it to something? And I was like, fuck, that's because I had 87 Mm. WhatsApps in that one Yeah, no, I mean,
3: I'm not looking forward to, I hate WhatsApp groups. Whatever. I mean,
2: WhatsApp needs banning. It's just the devil I think it brings me I new. just
3: hate I actually leave whatsapp groups as soon as the purpose is over
2: yeah, or, I mute, really or I
3: mute them so all my groups are on mute aside from the
1: fact that you are kind of more in the moment all the positive things like I have so many negative emotions connected to mm. things I see on Instagram you know, things that rile me up or irritating mm. whatsapp groups and conversations and so it's, it's not just only, not what you need at yeah night. and it's, even if you're not kind of affected by social media in kind of in a social way it is still influencing you In a way that you probably just don't need in
2: your life.
3: But do you turn it back on? The thing is, I suppose, is erecting boundaries is always annoying for someone else. Mm. And, you know, I think as long as you're happy to be the recipient of it. So, like, I'm happy for some friends to be rubbish at messaging me if that's what makes them feel good. Like, of course, it's Mm. annoying sometimes. I'd love them to get back to me about this date. But I think to myself, no, I'm not going to chase them because that's how they've decided to communicate. So I think if you can accept the way other people communicate, then they can keep sending me the pointy fingers. If you're amazing in something, you're going to be hopeless in something else. Mm, Like that's always it's the it's the give and take, it's the gain and loss. And I've definitely I'm way better at accepting. So I'm really good at reading books, but as we've established, I'm very bad about. Making healthy salads, given that I just am acting like I have discovered them age thirty-four, oh, and I'm still flirting with the idea of trying an online exercise class, which again have been popular for like ten years. So you know you're going to be great at some things and
2: really rubbish at others. That's fine. Yeah. We can't all be good at everything. I'm not, nice. a cook. I'm not a cook. I don't cook. I don't pretend to cook. My friends come for supper. They're delighted that I'm not cooking. I actually can make a salad, but as someone said to me, that's more arranging. Yes, And I do make quite a Assembling. Just assembling. Mm-hmm. I assemble, but I don't But I'm fine with that. Like, we can't all... Mm. Can't do everything. Can't sing. It's, mm-hmm. it's gutting, but I can't have a hard try. <laughs> it's just not going to happen, is it? Let's talk about motherhood. Can we talk about the joyfulness that comes from having children? And I just wanted to touch on this today because we were reading, Charlotte and I, an interview that you did recently in which you talked about it not... Having to be that hard. You said, you quoted something like, people always tell you it'll get better. Yeah. You said that everybody was saying to you just after you had your first child,
1: yeah, it'll get better, it'll get, it'll get better. And you were sitting there thinking, what's well, not bad.
2: It's not so it's bad for me. I said, Charlotte, it, I, I said to Charlotte yesterday and I said, it is so lovely to read that because, and I will probably get abused for being smug, but freaking throwing out me people I can take it. I don't think it was that bad and I didn't find it that hard. And maybe I'm lucky. Maybe I was just neurotic and I had a routine and that helped me. Make, God knows. And I said to Charlotte, I was like, "Don't listen to everyone mm. saying that it's not that bad." And it really annoys me that that's the narrative. And
1: I was saying like, I only, as somebody without children, like all you hear is how shit it is. Like that's literally all you hear. And it's so great that everybody can be more open about that. And I
3: think but it's also it. nice to hear think the other the side the them swung. So mm. it's obviously gone from mothers never being able to talk about what it was like, exactly. and so now you're going to get like a influx of stories that haven't been able to be told. There just needs to be a kind of range of stories. And yes. I don't really talk about motherhood that much because of what you just said. I am worried it sounds smug and I would never want someone else to feel less. But what I'm always keen to do when we talk about kind of how you find motherhood or feelings about motherhood is to separate how you feel about your children or being their mother from like the social identity of motherhood. Mm. And I feel really good about my role as their mother. That's an area of my life that I don't find anxiety making, which is such a relief for me because I find a lot of life anxiety making. Yes. Yeah. But I find the social identity of motherhood difficult. I find it really difficult to, especially as a freelancer, so those boundaries are really blur because I work from home. I find it really mm-hmm. hard to separate off like my mother self and my working self Mm. I like to sort of represent myself fully where I go and I find it really hard to feel like I'm fully myself when I'm at work and I find it really hard to feel like I'm fully myself when I'm with the children and other mothers and I also hated that people thought I was a different person and thought differently about the world when I had children and I did in some ways but I didn't mean suddenly I thought that like everyone who had children were more interesting, not always a given, or were uh, a better use of my time, or that I suddenly couldn't remember what it's like to have children. You know, the most annoying thing I think someone does when someone who doesn't have children goes, I'm really tired. Someone goes, well, try having children. Oh, So I just, that's what I found really difficult, It's this assumption that I'd like gone to the other side, which I have, but that psychologically I couldn't empathise or be compassionate or be interested in. So that's yes. what I think we need.
2: to be God, interested. you're so bloody eloquent. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no wonder you've had such success, founder. You speak such sense. God, you speak so. such sense. And I'm not saying when I say it that my life's perfect. Or whatever you say, you have anxiety, but not around motherhood. You know I, what I'm not saying is that my life is perfect and I have no worries and I don't. You know, my children don't break my heart and I have a child dying difficulties and I have another child who's stressed about this and I have a like. And no one's saying it's a walk in the park, but it's not the end of your life. Like, I think it's the best bit of your life and it's the most yeah. incredible thing. And the love is just, I'm not saying it's easy, but this thing that I think it, don't worry, it gets better. Like, I just I think didn't it's like, so... Don't, yeah, don't worry, it gets better.
3: I just felt, felt a bit a sad because I felt, yeah, yeah, I felt like it was approaching something that was really positive in my life always negatively. But also it was really ironic because I'm a bit torn on this kind of, What's and all sharing of life on social media I, I think it's brilliant if people want to do that I think it's enormously helpful to other people I don't think that you should be obliged to do it as a woman and I remember being told a couple of times that I was making motherhood look easy because I wasn't sharing that what's and all side and it wasn't something I thought I had to do because I just assume that everyone knows that we've all got stuff in our life that's
2: not on social media mm. and that that and you, don't share, you don't share you having a blazing row with your husband over no. something or a... well,
3: you know you don't share you on the loo doing a shit but we still know that everyone goes to the mm. loo like I
2: don't yeah. I don't understand I have really thought. bad constipation so I'm just going to show you what it's like but, it's, but, <laughs> but I think if it's, you want to do that fine I, great it, like yeah, God. but it's
3: the fact that there are people doing that that, make, that makes people forget but again it's the pendulum shift isn't it from women not being able to talk about anything mm. to now and I'm so glad that I can listen to a podcast and learn more about endometriosis or I can find on Instagram tips to deal with my IBS but now it feels like we swung to it being an obligation yeah. that all women have in order to show that life's not perfect and I mean it's such a hard line to balance I really don't want anyone to ever feel less from my content but I think that's probably why I post less as I get older because I'd just rather take a step back. Mm. I
1: I kind of believe in not
2: (laughs) well, I just
3: believe in not sharing the best
1: bits or the worst bits. If you're somebody who's conscious of how other people are perceiving your social media and you care about that, then you equally don't want to, yeah, you're not trying to make anyone feel inferior.
2: And the best way to do that is just to back off, isn't it? We could talk about this all day, but that idea that you have to be this like present, amazing mother at this moment when you're you're being a mother, and then this moment when you're working. You have to be this full on, like, ballsy woman. And why can't we just blend the two? Why are you a bad mother if you have to accept a call when you're with your children? Sometimes I'm like, I'm sitting in a meeting and I can see it's my name ringing or whatever. I'm like, I'm really Mm -hmm. sorry. Mm -hmm. And then you're, you're sort of apologizing all the time. Why can't we just accept that everything's blended and. More and more women are working from home, and that it's only going to go in that direction. I think maybe we see to challenge that
3: narrative and feel like that's okay. I hope that post pandemic, as people, because they think that there's going to be a kind of like slightly hybrid work, isn't mm. there? That people will be in the office maybe three days a week, maybe mm. two days working from home. I feel like that will be really great for women if more men yes. do that yeah. who have children, because then it means that's two days a week where they could do nursery drop don't off. Slip and back. Or I'm something.
2: so with you. I really hope it stays though.
3: And then I think if men have to have a slightly more blended personality at work, then that will help women who are then, as you say, able to say, oh, I have to pick up, it's my nanny. Or I was reading something the other day about there being um, miscarriage leave, because I don't think there is yeah, not that miscarriage either. leave, and there really, there really be. should be. There really should be,
2: totally second that.
3: And it shouldn't be like taboo to say, oh, I'm feeling really unwell today, so I'm, you know, don't talk to me too much. Mm. And for someone to go, what's the matter? And you shouldn't have to go, I've got a really sore ear. Just to be able to say, I've, I've got my period. And I, I mm. feel really awful awesome when I have my period. You know, everyone
2: knows that women have periods. Yes. Uh, well, motherhood, huge, yes. huge joy. And look, anyone who who is will, can only agree. We mm-hmm. talked on the last Kate Spade podcast about how you can be an intelligent woman and still love clothes yep. and what joy they can bring you. You're nodding. Whoa. It's so funny that that's still... <laughs> Mm -hmm. that's
3: still a thing but it totally totally is you know I've said this before but sometimes when people don't like my work what I'll get on social media is like oh shut up and just go back to shoes because five years ago I was a fashion editor so it definitely is used as a way to keep women smaller or to bring women down or to insinuate that you can't be interested in other things and the way I always think of it is if you've got a heart surgeon who also loves golf Mm. You don't think that he's any worse at being a heart surgeon because he loves golf. Or, you know, a financial advisor who adores classic cars. Again, you wouldn't go into his job and think, well, I can't take you seriously Mm. because you love classic cars. Because you're wasting money on classic cars. Because you're wasting money on classic cars, which, by the way, are much more expensive than um, buying clothes. So it is a really interesting, the kind of aesthetic and intellectual, the way it's pitted against each other. And I agree, a lot of people's brains, like people who are very academic, often aren't interested in the aesthetic. I think if you're creative, I don't think of myself as particularly academic. I just think I'm quite creative. So for me, it's kind of the same brain. I like putting puzzle pieces together, whether that's bits of a documentary or my person or my sitting room. How do you describe your style? Eclectic, obviously. You would say eclectic. I would say there's a lot of vintage in there. So I'd probably say, I think of it as classic, comfortable colourful so I used to wear a lot more highfalutin stuff when I was younger and definitely when I worked in fashion Mm -hmm. I'm not particularly interested in what's on catwalks now what designers think about Mm -hmm. xyz I still love style but I definitely come back to the same pieces a lot more so kind of day to day my style is a lot more relaxed like a lot of jumpsuits you know, like a great jacket or blazer.
2: Mm. I feel really Mm. good about where style is now. I think it's in a good Mm. place. It's in a much more intelligent place. I think fashion's much more inclusive now, Mm. isn't it? In what, not just,
3: I don't just mean in sizes, I mean in kind of the things it's putting across. I mean, there's still absurd trends you know yeah. they're still like your lime green cycling shorts I feel like you can kind of leave that to the 18 year olds yeah. on
2: or a green leather matrix jacket which is, I think, oh, well, I'm much cool. better at resisting
3: stuff now that I won't like in a yeah. few years yeah so most particularly in summer I always come back to the mm-hmm. same
2: but also thing. you learn you learn that it's just one big cycle which is obviously pointing mm. out be being obvious but I mean I've witnessed it my, with my own mm. eyes for long enough now to see that really it's just the same. Mm. It's just
3: and and now watching people wearing all the stuff we did twenty years ago. So I walked down the street yesterday, and there was someone in camouflage trousers with a studded leather belt mm. and Stop a tank it. top and a bucket hat, and you oh know they were God. all the yeah. things I loved
1: Camp as a to teenager. I over again.
2: I remember wearing pink, going out on Saturday night wearing pink camouflage. It was trousers. those jungle trousers,
3: the ones with I would their, wear. I think I would make tibblins. actually know. No, I wouldn't wear pink camouflage trousers. Pink. That is too fashion forward for me. But there are people that I would like to wear them for me. Um, I've got some friends who can pull that off who I would love to see. I oh can see God, like an Attico
1: friend. coming out. That with
3: like that's some killer true. heels. That's, and well, that's true. The top, yeah. Here we are. I mean, that's, Attico's even, version might Attico, acceptable. That, again, that's probably even too fashion-y for me now well, well I would wear a lot of that
1: look if I look like Georgia Tordini but I don't so you know I mean I, yeah. I'd wear yeah, I
3: mean, yeah Christ
2: she's pretty amazing
1: can I, can um, I say one Sorry, but we should say just on fashion one thing that used to spark joy for me is when you used to work with Man Repeller and like that for oh, me yes, is so kind of the heyday personal, of, of personal fun fashion personal yeah.
3: fashion and
1: yeah oh, just so inspiring Instagram wasn't
3: then what it is now and that was just that so that was my favourite way to write about fashion actually I just did weird like fashion risks for yeah. a better word like wearing Crocs or only wearing one colour. So mm. all, I remember I did all yellow, all red. That yellow stands color?
1: out. I remember that yellow. I, Still so remember, I do it, love yeah. all
3: that yellow. Doing all of those things, I really enjoyed. I did that after I left Sunday Times where, you know, I had a column. I knew the new in tabs of every single website. And I was compiling kind of 40 different brands a week. Mm. And then I did Man Repeller where it was very much personal style led. And then I haven't really written about fashion for the last Three years. I still really enjoy style. I'm just not particularly interested in writing about fashion at mm. the moment. So I feel like Man Repeller was such a wonderful place to kind of transition mm. out. out of like fashion. Into yeah, place, yeah, yeah. It was great for a time, but I think yeah, long term, I'm much more interested. I think yeah. in where mm. I am now and then, and just enjoying
2: clothes and kind of my personal life. Yeah. Before we finish, we've got to just talk about how you give joy back part of this piece of work we're doing with Kate Spade is all about, what well, it's about joy. As we know, we've talked about it Where have you been if you haven't picked that up for the last hour. But they really want to encourage people to spark joy and to gift joy forward. How do you gift joy forward? Is that giving your husband a lion? Is that sending something to your girlfriend? Is that a phone call? Is that turning your phone on at eight and letting your mum bring you? How do you give it Back, how do you give I think all us? of those things are really good ways. I love
3: small thoughts. So, like yesterday, went to buy some fruit for my children who are fruit bats, and then I bought some very overpriced brazola for my husband because I know he loves cured meats. One of my
2: favorite things to do <laughs> is I love um, buying little foodie things mm. for my husband. I bought yeah, a gazpacho foodies. for my husband yesterday, he was so happy. Mine does that, he comes out from the supermarket and he's <laughs> bought all the things. He's like, You see, I really do love oh, you. It's so, I food makes giving food makes other people really happy. I
3: like doing it with books. I love sending little parcels. I'm always sending little parcels of things to friends. And now that bookshops are open, every time I go into an independent bookshop, I buy a book for someone I love. Sometimes it's for me, but I more try and buy it. I think, okay, well, I loved that book. And then I like to keep it on my own bookshelf. I'll lend books, but I would never give a book that I love to someone to keep. So like I've got a book in my bag. I'm seeing my producer on the show I've just worked on later. So I'm going to give him a book that i loved that i've just bought for
0: I him
2: that's so thoughtful it's lovely good, good books. Yeah. i sent all my godchildren a book about hope in lockdown Aww. yeah and that's i think lovely. i think just to do and actually i copied a friend who did it so <laughs> i'm not gonna take credit i think just doing something that's not a birthday or because someone's sad yeah. I, I was at school with a girl and she would literally send me white chocolate kit kats or Aww. something like because she knew we were both mad about white chocolate and heaven just little things like that it's yeah. like the nicest little touch, tart- and it can be a bar of chocolate that costs a pound yeah it's not the value it's just the thought isn't it
3: yeah dolly and i always did that actually and still do it now the hilo's finished we kind of treated each other quite romantically <laughs> so for my birthday she found a pair of uh mu earrings on vestia some like really old ones that she had in her head that she really wanted to buy them for me and she like tracked them down or when we went for a walk the other day, I was like, I should buy something. And I came out with a bouquet of flowers for her. It's just like, I think when you work with someone really intensely, it's nice to keep the magic there via romance. Yeah. I'm a big believer. I think I'm more romantic with my friends than I am my husband. Yeah, I think I that friendships really deserve romance.
2: Love that. Oh, what a good place to end. <laughs> Thank you, Pandora. It's been so lovely chatting to you. You've got to get Thank to your me. haircut. <laughs> Gotta to get to my haircut. Enjoy, it. enjoy it. your me time. Enjoy mm-hmm. your yellow dress. Enjoy the sunshine. <laughs> um, thank you so much. That's it. If you enjoyed that, then do please rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends to listen too, and we will be back soon. Thanks very much. Bye bye.
0: Hold up.